This week on Let's Connect. You know, I, I would not call myself a superhero. I would just say that um, I look at life, you can look at life two different ways. Let me just start with this. this is a really good example. You can look at life as saying, why is everything in life happening to me? Or how is it happening for me? I'm going to say it one more time. If you start looking at life and saying, why is this happening to me? You're going to make excuses. You're going to blame the universe. You're going to blame other people. It's going to get you nowhere. Yes. Is there going to be completely unfair news in your life? So it's for my example, cancer. Yes. But I said, how is life happening for me? How am I going to learn from this? How am I going to grow from this experience? How am I going to become a better version of myself? But more importantly, how am I going to use my experiences to help other people? Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Let's Connect is a podcast that interviews people from all walks of life who have inspiring stories to share about who they are and who they're becoming. As a life coach and someone who's genuinely curious about connecting with people, spirituality, mindfulness, and what this world is all about, I'm here to ask powerful questions, share my insights as well, and to really connect on a deep level to help us all grow in awareness of who we really are. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. From cancer to coma, at the age of 24 years old, Matthew Odie was diagnosed with stage three testicular cancer, causing many near-death experiences from falling into a two-week non-induced coma to kidney and liver failure cardiac arrest, and also losing the ability to walk on his own two feet. Matt was in the ICU for over 40 days and the Cleveland Clinic for 53. He went from being 185 pounds uh, as a personal trainer to 110 pounds in less than eight months. Matt had to relearn to live his life entirely again. Two years later after cancer, Matt is now a keynote motivational speaker and a mentor for young adults and families impacted by cancer, helping them take back control of their life from cancer and other traumatic experiences. Welcome everybody to the podcast. This is gonna be a very powerful episode and conversation with Matthew, all about his cancer journey and how he went from survivor to superhero. That's what he calls it on his website. Cancer impacts all of us in some way, either directly or non-directly. Um, my father was diagnosed with testicular cancer, the same kind as Matt, back in the 70s, and was told that his prognosis for living was very, very slim. Uh, this was before I was born, and as a result of the testicular cancer, um, chemotherapy was just becoming a, a new treatment drug for this, and so my dad courageously volunteered to, to go forward with the treatments, and as he was going through the chemo, uh, somehow my mom also got pregnant. I won't get into the details of that, but my mom got pregnant. And when they found out that she was pregnant and my dad had this testicular cancer, um, the, the doctors recommended that they abort the child. So I think about this story. I wrote about the story in my book as well, uh, Making Sense of Mindfulness. I, I talk about it in the context of opening your mind. And I just think about what it must have been like for my father in the 70s to be going through this a uh, very scary time in his life, and then find out, you know, his girlfriend is pregnant with me, and uh, just what it took for him to, and my both my parents, to open their mind enough to not go through with the abortion and go through no matter what the outcome was going to be of, of me. They said that possibly was going to have serious birth effects and side effects if they went through with the, the birth. And here I am. 
And I just, I, I think back to it and I think how powerful it is that they, they open their mind and the, in their own way, um, they, they have an amazing story, my parents, my, especially my dad, to tell about his cancer journey. He's still alive to this day to tell it. And I just have so much respect for him and admiration for his courage to go through that. Um, just recently, I've had uh, several people in my, my immediate circle who have been diagnosed with cancer. And just hearing some of their stories and the ways that they're coping and dealing with it, I just felt really inclined to put together an episode on this uh disease, cancer? How do people cope? How do people deal with this situation when it comes up in their lives? And like I was saying, I'm so grateful and we are so fortunate to have Matthew Odie here on the podcast to share some wisdom and insight about how to navigate when life has got you down in the dumps. How do you turn your life around and rise back up? So without further ado, everybody, um, please meet Matthew Odie. All right, Matthew, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited you're here. Thanks, Keith. I appreciate you having me. I'm super excited to be here, super excited to give as much value and you know all the experiences that I've learned along the way to hopefully help your community and help your audience. You have an incredible story. Like Your website even says that it's survivor to superhero. And just reading your backstory and what's happened for you, you really are a superhero. I feel like I'm interviewing a superhero today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I would not call myself a superhero. I would just say that um, I look at life, you can look at life two different ways. Let me just start with this. this is a really good example. You can look at life as saying, why is everything in life happening to me? Or how is it happening for me? I'm wow. going to say it one more time. If you start looking at life and saying, why is this happening to me? You're going to make excuses. You're going to blame the universe. You're going to blame other people. It's going to get you nowhere. Yes. Is there going to be completely unfair news in your life? Such for my example, cancer. Yes. But I said, how is life happening for me? How am I going to learn from this? How am I going to grow from this experience? How am I going to become a better version of myself? But more importantly, how am I going to use my experiences to help other people? So, you know, I think superheroes, you can call them in any way you want, but we all have the opportunity to be a superhero in our life. We don't have to go through cancer. We don't have to go through anything crazy, but we do have to look at life as how is this happening for us and use it as a lesson. Wow. You know, that's, that's been my motto. So welcome to the show. I absolutely yeah. <laughs> already, I'm already feeling the positivity from you. Wow. Thanks, thank you. I, I want you to take us back to before your, your cancer journey and you, you know, were informed of this, like, were you yeah. always this positive? Did you come in with this mindset? What was life uh, like before? Yeah. Great question, man. Um, I've always been a happy person. You could ask my parents. Um, when I was a kid, I was always smiling. I was always like full of joy. Um, and then as I grew, grew older, I always was that kid. Like my friends would always say, man, Matt, why, why are you just like the kind kid in the group all the time? Like you're so kind, like you don't really, and I'm not trying, sorry, I don't mean to like humble myself, but I just was like, I just felt like the key to, you know, happiness was being kind to others and, and not like belittling people and things like that. And I always felt that way. Um, but, you know, of course, there was times where I get angry and I get upset um, and I, I, I be upset at people. But for the most part, when I was growing up, man, I think it was so such a big key for me to say, listen, how can I help the next person? You know, with whatever they're going through, you know, I, I none of us are the same in life. We all have our own struggles. We all have our own scars. We all have a difficult moment in our life. And 
you know, the, the classic saying, don't read a book by its cover. Don't judge a person by their cover. I never am that type of person. I'm always the person who's going to listen and meet you first and get to know you and then say, Hey, listen, do you want to be a part? Do I think that, you know, this person's a good fit to be a part of my life? Or is this person a constant negative draining person that, Hey, listen, I'm not going to waste my time and energy with this, this, this individual. So. I, I love it. I can feel that you embody and walk your talk like full on. <laughs> it just it exudes out of you. And as you're sharing all this, like early influences, I mean, how did you develop that mindset pre-cancer? Like, how did you come into the world so positive? Let me tell you this. Um, the people you hang around with is vital for the destination you have in life. Uh, and I told myself in the beginning, I started to hang, I will be a hundred percent. I started to hang around not great people that weren't doing great things, but the quicker you can realize that and the quicker you can say, listen, I need to stop hanging around with these people is the quicker that you can change the direction of your life. It's, it's kind of amazing how, you know, you can, you can try to say, Hey, I want to get to this destination in life. And as you're getting there, you're going to either have the people that are like, go on, good job. You're doing great. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to push you forward. Or you're going to have the people that are like, wow, are they trying to be better than me? Um, you know, what are you doing? You're not spending any time with us anymore. And they're going to drag you right back down to their level. Yeah. And that is where you got to say, listen, if that's that type of person and you want to know the, the sad truth is sometimes it's what you thought was your close friend, what you thought was a close family member, people that you loved and care about people come and go into your life. I want you to know this people come and go into your life. Some people are meant to stay in it forever. Some people are meant to have parts of it to learn from it, mm. but you have to recognize it in order to learn from those people or they can bring you right back down. So that's, that's kind of how, um, it got me to that, that position, I would say. Wow. Yeah. I hear you. I, I love that you surround yourself with positive people and it just sounds like, you know, you've really had that, that blessing in your life up to this yeah. point and, and made the decision to, to choose that as well, which is incredible. Yeah. Thank um, you. okay. So let's, let's get into your story a little bit more. I, I mean, I, I told yeah. people in the intro what you've been through, but yeah. I, I'm curious, just take me to the, the first sort of, um, awareness when you started experiencing symptoms of cancer yeah like what so, were some of those symptoms that you were experiencing in the first place 100 percent. so if it's okay i'd like to just do a little backstory really quickly because yeah. how i always start so it's like a, you know a speaker and everything i always start my story with a specific date and i'm 28 years old by the way um you know and four years ago march 17th of 2016. So St. Patrick's Day at the time is when I met my, you know, current girlfriend. And, you know, we were out at the bar hanging out and everything. And, um, you know, I got her number that night. Right and on. <laughs> this is a vital, yeah, right. It's a vital part of the story, I promise. So, um, you know, as the, the summer kind of went on and stuff, you know, we, we started dating about, you know, a couple months later, um, as the summer went on, we were doing hiking, kayaking, all of these adventurous activities. And at the time I was a personal trainer, um, you know, eating, pretty much perfectly. I was, you know, working out six to seven days a week. And then all of a sudden I started to notice these minor back pains and, you know, 24 years old, you're like, okay, whatever, I'll be absolutely fine. It's probably from lifting. It's probably from this, but they kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where it's hard for me to walk for the point where like, I was so stubborn that I wouldn't go to a doctor. I went to a chiropractor for a little bit, didn't do anything. And then one night I was over Lauren's house and I woke up and I ended up puking up blood. And immediately I was like, okay, I obviously something's dead wrong. And I get rushed to the emergency room. They find out that I had lost two thirds of the blood circulating in my body, which is equivalent to actually being shot with a gun. 
So they put me into the emergency surgery to figure out what was causing the bleeding after they gave me six bags of blood to kind of, they had to give me six bags of blood to kind of just get my energy, everything back up. So I get rushed into the emergency room to um, get that surgery. The next day I come out and I think it's over, you know, I'm like, okay, whatever they did, it's hopefully done. I'm in, in the recovery room. And all of a sudden the doctor walks in it's just me and my parents. And he has this blank stare in his eyes. I knew something was completely wrong at that moment. And he comes over to my parents and he goes, can I speak to you two in private? And immediately oh. I stop him and I say, you're, you're going to tell me exactly what you want to tell them. So he sits down, he grabs my hand. He looks at me and he says, Matt, we found an 11 centimeter tumor in your small intestine. We believe it is cancerous and we have to rush you to the main campus of the Cleveland Clinic immediately, which is one of the top, thank gosh, it's one of the top hospitals in the entire country. And I'm only, you know, 40 minutes away at this point. So, um, you know, I just remember looking over at my parents at the time crying and I'm thinking to myself, like, instead of being weak, instead of giving up already on this news, how am I going to be strong for them? How am I going to be strong for me having to share this news with Lauren, by the way, who was only dating me for two months at that time. So oh I didn't goodness. know she was going to break up with me. I didn't know she was going to stay with me. It was just like a crapshoot. I did, you know, had uh, new friends and family were going to come in. So I said, okay, Matt, I need to stay strong here. And I think for a lot of us, um, it's okay to express your emotions hundred percent. I'm going to get to that soon. But, um, you really, like I was telling you before with the, everything happens for you and not to you. I really started to look at it. It's like, okay, how can I learn from this experience? How can I grow from this experience? And I started to just flood my, my mind with positivity as much as I could. I obviously was hurting inside, but you know, I, I had to keep going. So they, they brought me to the, the Cleveland clinic and um, immediately from there, I was in the ICU room at the time. Um, they did a bunch of tests and they ended up finding out that I had the highest stage of testicular cancer. So how they measure testicular cancer I had what's called stage 3C. They actually don't have a stage 4. I actually I remember asking my oncologist. And they measured it through what's called an AFP marker. It's a tumor marker. Okay. And usually your tumor marker needs to be below 5 to be cancer-free. Mine was over 65,000. They can't even mark it. Like 65,000 was their highest. Mine was over. I had cancer all over my body. So I had cancer you know, in my lungs. I had cancer pretty much everywhere in my upper body. Not in my brain, thank God, but... So everywhere it, else. it had spread everywhere. Everywhere. Point. Yeah. And, wow. um, so I had friends, family flooding in at the time I was definitely still in shock and I'm still trying to be strong. And then all of a sudden Lauren comes in and I'm freaking out. And I just remember looking at her and, um, you know, we, we kind of locked eyes and, uh, we just started bawling, bawling our eyes out. Literally like we we're crying, we hugged each other. And I knew right then and there she was going to be my rock throughout this journey. Like I needed somebody and she was going to be that person. Um, wow. and it, it, yeah. And it, you know, for me, uh, I needed to let those emotions out. I needed to let what I was going through, um, you know, out to the world. So it was a big part of my life right there. Um, and right after that, we, uh, the doctors came over and they're like, Hey, we need to put you directly on chemotherapy and not just chemotherapy, but really intense chemotherapy, which was called BEP, BEP, which is bleomycin and topicides to splatin. And they usually only do four rounds of it. But for my case, they're like, we have to do an extra round because your cancer is just too advanced right now. We need to get an extra round in. Wow. So yeah. So immediately I was put on the chemotherapy right after that. Oh, that sounds yeah. like a quick turn of events from walking in to get this checked. And the next thing you know, you're like in the ICU basically deciding yeah, if you're going to still be alive in a matter of four days i go from 
what I thought was a healthy personal trainer with some back pains and it was difficult to rock and stuff. And I knew something was wrong, but I didn't obviously know to four days later, high stage of cancer fighting for my entire life, you know? And, uh, wow. I pray nobody has to go through tragic news like that, but, um, it, I'll tell you this, the most difficult moments, the most challenging moments in your life is what molds you into the person you're meant to be is what allows you to have the biggest opportunity allows you to have the biggest growth experience of your life. And I'm not saying that you need to go through something crazy like that. But I just want to let people know who are going through tough times right now, because I know COVID right now has hit everyone, whether it's financially, with your heart or your health, whether it's with your family, you're in relationship, there is an aspect of your life, I know that is really struggling your mental health, physical health, whatever it is, and just know that this is molding you into something bigger, something greater, mm. as long as you're willing to accept and learn from it. One of the things I am loving about you, Matt, is uh, you're, you're expressing both sides of the coin. I mean, clearly there's like a really positive mindset embedded in you, the way you show up. I, I'm, but I also really am appreciating the part of you that is vulnerable enough to say, like, I was completely drop dead scared and needed an emotional release. And is it Lauren, your, your partner, you know, having her as the rock? Yeah. I'm just curious. Like, I mean, I've never been in your shoes or anyone for that matter. That's mm -hmm. that close to, to death. Yeah. What was that like? Like what was going on uh, in your mind at the time? Yeah. Um, you know, this is where faith comes into a massive play. I'm not going to push faith on anybody. This isn't a, a faith thing, but I do believe in God. And the, that is where my faith came so strong into play. I told myself, I cannot let my mind continue to gravitate towards death. Like I can't, I just can't do it. I'm not saying I didn't trust me. There were times where it gets very scary and there was really like dark moments, even past like the chemo, which we'll get into. But, um, for me, every time I started to get those, those thoughts, I, I would instantly pray. I would just say, please, God, look over me. Please give me the, the positive thoughts, the positive encouragement, the positive outlook on life today. And, um, you know, I would just try to look at the positive things in my day. And this is what I would do. I would say, what is one thing today that is getting me closer to my destination? Wow. One thing. That's it. The simple as possible. I don't need multiple things. What is one positive thing? Did I walk a little further today? Did my chemotherapy go well today? Did I eat something good? Like, did I have a good conversation with Lauren? Did I have a good, you know, did my doctor give me some good news today? What is one positive thing I can do today that's going to get me close to my destination? It's constantly allowing me not to gravitate towards the negative thoughts of death, the negative thoughts of what could happen, the negative thoughts of is cancer going to get worse instead of better? Mm. So, wow. That just like brings me right into the present moment. Just like the simple one thing a day that you yeah. can focus on to, to be here and to, and gratitude. <laughs> Incredible. Yes. Um, yes. just to, uh, curious about this, as I'm reading your story and hearing about it, you were in a coma for like, is it two weeks? Yeah. So, yeah. So after, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that in just a sec. So really what happened was I went through all my chemotherapy. So I ended up going through those five rounds um, which lasted about four months. I had dropped um, from my 185 pound personal trainer to 140 pounds. So in about five, five months, I lost all my hair. I was very fatigued, nauseous, all of it. You know, anybody who's watching this, who knows somebody who has been through chemotherapy, you know what it's like. It's mm -hmm. not easy. It's very challenging. I went through all the complications pretty much, um, had my ups, had my downs, had to get a port and my second to last round because I, they couldn't stick me anymore with needles and 
I was supposed to have a port in the beginning, but it just, just never happened. So just complications after complications, but eventually I persevered. And um, so what ended up happening was I went to my oncologist and he sat down with me and he said, Matt, we have good news and we have bad news. Here's your good news. Your, your tumor has shrunk from 11 centimeters to three centimeters. The chemo was working and everything's looking better. But the bad news is your tumor is wrapped around what's called your inferior vena cava. Now, your inferior vena cava is a central vein that goes from the bottom of your upper body to your heart. He said, we're going to have to do a 10 and a half hour surgery to remove the vein, to remove the tumor and the rest of the cancer in your body. We have to have four surgeons involved. Usually there's only one, maybe two. Wow. We're going to have to have four different surgeons involved and we don't know the complications. So that was probably waiting the, those two and a half weeks was one of the longest two and a half weeks of my life. Like yeah. I just, I'll tell you right now, like that's where, that's where the deep thoughts came into play. Cause I just knew like, okay, this is, this is the second, like, okay, this is that second, like part of the the whole journey here where I, I know it's going to be challenging, but I don't know what's going to happen. So hmm. I go and I get the surgery two and a half weeks later. And like I told you going into it was 140 pounds coming out of the surgery after 10 and a half hours, I was close to 200 pounds. So what had happened was they cut my, my left hip to my right hip open. They had to take out the, the tumor, take out the vein, everything, work through my intestines. And what happened was my body went to like the survival mode and all this swelling occurred in my stomach. And I remember waking up like two to three days later and I couldn't move. Ugh. And I remember asking my doctor after they took the breathing tube out of my mouth and I was like, is this normal? And he's like, no, this isn't normal, but the, the, they had a draining tube in me. So like the, the fluid should eventually drain and um, come out of your stomach. I said, okay. So after a couple more days, I start getting up. I'm able to move a little bit. After a little over a week, I'm out of the hospital. And then a week out of the hospital, all of a sudden, the draining, which wasn't supposed to happen, just stops. Just like this. Just stops. Really? Within like, within like an hour the Percocets, the Oxycontin, whatever they had on me to relieve the pain, nothing was working. I was in so much pain. They rushed me back to the emergency room and they ended up having to drain seven liters of fluid out of my stomach, which caused me to go into complete kidney and liver failure. Um, I had a cone drilled inside my head to relieve brain swelling. I had a catheter in my neck and in my chest because they thought I was going to be on dialysis the rest of my life. Mm. And that is what caused me to end up going into a two-week non-induced coma. I... I pretty much my entire body um, decided to shut down on me. Wow. So um, really big testimony of faith actually is while I was in my coma, um, and Lauren and my parents never left. They stayed all two to two and a half weeks. I don't know the exact date. It was anywhere from two to two and a half weeks. They yeah. stayed every day, never left. And during that time, my mom would have people go to these churches and just pray for me pray like we had three prayer services and we have hundreds of people praying for me in the church, hundred people. I mean, she told me people wow. are playing around the world, like Africa, like, you know, Asia, um, I, I, everywhere. I'm getting chills just hearing that. Like it's just, yeah. Wow. And here's the crazy part in the middle of the very last prayer service, right in the middle as they're praying for me was the day that I woke up from my coma. And really? I want to share something with you too. Every day, Lauren would come up to me. And she'd, she'd hold my hand and she would just say, Matt, it's time to wake up. And that was the day, one of those days she was holding my hand was the day that I woke up. She, she grabbed me and she felt my fingers wiggle and she could see my eyelids starting to open. Oh and she ran over to the, the doctor. She ran over to my parents and was like, Matt's awake, Matt's awake. And they didn't believe her. And eventually they all came over and it wasn't like I woke up and could talk or anything, but it, they knew it because 
they saw everything kind of starting to move and stuff like that. And oh um, yeah, so for me, it was God basically saying, listen, Matt, this isn't the end of your journey. This is just the beginning. Mm-hmm. And this might be this might be a powerful message for some of you out there where you feel like you're in rock bottom. You feel like you're at the lowest point of your life. And I want to let you know, this could just be a new chapter, a new start to a, such a bigger beginning, such a greater journey for your life. Remember, the only place you can go from rock bottom is up. That's it. That's all you can do. You can go up from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was God's message for me. He's like, listen, Matt, you're in the lowest point of your life right now, but the only place you're going to go from here is up. And yes, there's going to be some struggles along the way, which wasn't the end, unfortunately, but, um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So after the coma, um, a week later, um, I had a breathing tube in my mouth. Once again, they took the breathing tube again out of my mouth. Um, and they, they started to see some progress. I I could mumble some words. I could say some things, not much. And they said, Matt, we're going to take out one of the catheters in your neck because we just see some, some, some progress. Everything's starting to work a little bit better. Well, as they do so, I end up having an arrhythm heartbeat and I'm going into cardiac arrest and they have to do eight minutes of CPR on me. Oh my goodness. Caused me to go right back into another weak coma. Wow. So at this point, yeah, I'm in the ICU for almost a month at this point when I finally wake up again. So I'm curious, like how, just hearing like the transition from this coma to the cardiac arrest, like how conscious are you that these things are taking place while they're taking place? Like cognitively? Uh, yeah, a lot. I, I've gotten questions, Matt, what's it like being in a coma? For me, I actually do have some dreams that um, I can remember. Now, for me, it was like I had, con- it was really weird because I, I could see nurses that I'd never met before that were helping me, that were guiding me. And they were part of my dream along with a lot of really my parents and Lauren. And then at the end, I swear, I, I can't make this up. At the end, I remember I was running away from these nurses because I think I, I don't know why, it was just part of my, you know, coma dream. And eventually I get into this room and like everyone's there, family, friends, um, people I love the most. And they're literally just saying, Matt, it's time. It's time to wake up. And I swear to God, like, I just remember waking up and seeing the the um, ceiling light. And uh, that's literally all I can remember. And I know I went in and out of the coma a lot more, but literally like, that's what I remember. That's literally what I can remember from my coma. Um, and then after that, when I went to cardiac arrest, you can count me out. I mean, I was on so much drugs and, and I was still so out of it. I mean, I, I, when I woke up, like I, I was not fully conscious, like at all, like for those that week, like, I mean, I was saying words and stuff, but I could, I could remember very little bits and pieces. That's it sounds it. Like, and then when I went, yeah, it sounds yeah. like you were sort of in and out of a dream time and then this conscious awakened life and like between yeah. the two spaces. Is that kind of what it was like? hundred percent. Yeah, it was really, really weird. It was like oh. maybe I was waking up seeing the nurses and then going back to sleep yeah. kind of thing and not knowing whether I was awake or I was sleeping. Wow. But um, yeah, it's crazy. But I do remember the day I woke up from my second, I guess you can call coma after um, you know, going into cardiac arrest and that was Valentine's Day. Reason I remember is because I woke up and I my, and Lauren and my parents, mainly Lauren, had decorated the whole entire room of like hearts and flowers and, and she did like she did a lot of coloring and stuff for me and, and put it on there. I remember waking up and seeing all that. And I didn't know where I was, but I can remember that day vividly. And eventually after a couple of days, it started to get to it. And after probably two or three days, I started to realize I said, okay, I couldn't move an inch, by the way. I could not move my fingers, like anything really. I could see and, and maybe say some things and I could maybe go like this, like 
little bit. That was it. And I just remembered, I said, okay, Matt, I'm starting to come to it now. And I have to relive my entire life over again from ground to have to live it all over again. And, uh, literally from laying on that bed to getting up and taking my very first steps again was close to a two and a half to three week process of four nurses every single day helping me four nurses every single day coming in and helping me. And in a matter of that time, I've had four surgeries too. So, you know, when I told you that I drained seven liters of fluid, it took three surgeries to, you know, kind of drain out all of that fluid in my stomach and, and, and figure out what was going on. So, um, eventually I started making my first steps again. I start taking those steps and, um, you know, I just, in my mind, I knew something was so wrong. Like I just, I just knew, I don't know what it was, but I would I'd walk and I'd get so dizzy that I couldn't even like make it 10 steps. And like, I have to sit down and then I'd walk again and I feel like I'm going to pass out and all these crazy things. But eventually I persevered and the doctors were like, okay, we need to get you out of this ICU room. We think you're making progress once again. I mean, of course, every time I feel like I'm making progress. So, you know, okay, we're going to get you out of here. And it's, you know, at this point it's been over a month. Um, and I see you, I get to a recovery room and within three days of the recovery room, they're like, I I am making some progress, but I'm still, I knew something still, it just wasn't right. And they're like, okay, we're going to take you to your final stages of physical therapy. And as they're wheeling me out, not in a wheelchair, in my bed, as they're wheeling me out in my bed, I look down at my stitches and my stitches pop open and my spleen sticking out of my stomach. Oh my and goodness. They had to rush me into a fifth major surgery where they had to do what was called an open wound surgery. They couldn't close my skin back together. So they had to leave a football size mesh over my stomach. And I'm sure you guessed where I ended up back in the ICU. <laughs> so <laughs> this time waking up, I knew exactly where I was because I was very conscious throughout that part of the journey. And I remember waking up and the scariest part was I had my hands and my, my feet tied to the bed because I didn't want me um, touching my stomach at all. Mm. And I had a breathing tube in my mouth. So for two straight days, two straight days, I couldn't say a word, couldn't say a word. And I couldn't get anybody's attention. So nobody knew that I was technically like awake because um, mm. I couldn't move and I couldn't say anything. So but you could actually consciously be thinking. Hundred percent, yeah, and that was where I went wow. deep into faith. And I remember asking God. I said, I, I said, God, I, I can give up right now. I can be done. This could be the end. Or like I just told you before, the only place I can go is up. And I don't know what it was, but some magical miracle thing happened when they, they, you know, took off. You know, my when they released me from my hands, my feet, and everything. And I, I swear. The second I got up, I walked further than I ever did previous to the ICU room or previous to the recovery room. And dude, within three days, I was out. I was out of the ICU room. I was into the recovery room. Another three days, out of there and into my final stages of uh, physical therapy. Okay, so uh, (laughs) that's insane. Yeah, I know. This sounds crazy. I just want to get this right. So, I mean, in your story and you're telling me now, like you you relearned how to walk in a fairly short period of time where you, you yeah. were completely bedridden to walking. What do you attribute that to? Like, how did that happen? Um, a combination of things. Number one, um, I think part of it um, is my, my health and fitness background. I, like right. I told you before, I was very healthy. I, I don't even want to know what would happen if I didn't take care of my body before all this. I just don't because yeah. I don't think I would be here, to be honest. So, um, so a lot of it had to do, number one, mindset. So like saying, listen, one step at a time, Matt, it's not just going to happen overnight. Like mm. it's so important mm. to anybody out there right now. Like instant gratification is like the number one mental health issue right now. I swear to God, people want things so quickly. And when they don't get them, 
They think the world is against them. They think that people hate them. They think that nobody likes them because they don't get enough likes or they don't get this money or they don't get this right away. And it causes so much anxiety or stress or depression or whatever it is in your life. And, And instead, how about you just focus on yourself and say, what can I do today to better myself? And that, that was kind of my motto. And I'm not saying that I had this perfect mindset. There was no way I had this perfect mindset throughout <laughs> this journey, but right, right. it really did help just saying, okay, Matt, like, what can I do today to yeah. literally get myself up off this bed? And, um, it was hard as hell, man. When I say hard, like <sighs> looking was- back at it, like literally trying to think of it right now. Oh my gosh. Like, ah. Hmm. I can't, I can't, ex- I can't explain it. I just can't because it's, it, it is, it's relearning to do this all over again. So what kept you motivated? Yeah. Like what kept you motivated um, to get to this point? Probably Lauren, um, my parents, uh, people oh. I cared about. I wanted, I wanted to do it for them, mm-hmm. not myself. I was bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I wanted to do it to take care of myself and get myself healthy again. But at the end of the day, um, it's just like when you have a dream in life, your dream isn't just about yourself. If it is, then you're selfish and you're never going to reach it. And mm-hmm. once you put somebody else in the picture or or something of a way to help and give back or to be there for that person, um, your motivation and, and adrenaline or whatever you want to call it is, I can't explain it. That's it. So wow. um, my faith, the people I want to do it for, and my health and fitness background were literally the three key key things that I did and, and having the right mindset, meaning every day I was just disciplined in what I had to do. I didn't have a choice. It was literally fighting for my life. It was like, okay, give up on my life or what's, what's the next step as it period. You didn't have a choice. It wasn't just like, okay, I can come back tomorrow and try again. No, like there is no tomorrow necessarily. You know what I mean? Like I do. Yeah. So. It's just now or never. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious too, like just coming out the other side of this and, and you're in full remission at the moment. Is that correct? Yeah, I am now. Yeah, I'm uh, four, a little over four years now since the diagnosis and about three and a half years cancer free. Oh, like I'm just applauding this. Thank you. That is a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. And I'm so glad you're here on the planet. And I'm just curious, like the cancer journey, this is a this is a pretty broad stroke question I'm about to ask you. So not to overthink it, but just your first get. I mean, Mm -hmm. what has cancer taught you about being here on the planet? Time, I would say. If I had to say one word, it was my time. Um, Time with the people you love. Time not wasted doing stuff that you don't like for other people to impress them or to to have acceptance in your life. Time to actually go out and do what you're meant to do with your life. Period. Time. (laughs) That's what cancer taught me. Yep, that's a good good answer I'm yeah curious. i could go on more but if you wanted a short quite answer no, that's, that's it that's so. really powerful it's true thanks um for people so. there's it's interesting as we're having this conversation there's been a, a few people in my immediate circle that have recently been diagnosed with cancer and they're in the early stages of trying to figure out what this journey is going to look like for them and so I, I also was wondering if you could speak to other people right now that are like battling with this disease and what would you tell them yeah um Number one is do not fight this alone. Um, you know, make sure that, um, you know, for me, uh, when I when I was released out of that hospital, by the way, after over 53 days, the day I was released was March 17th of 2017, which is exactly one year from when I met, when I met Lauren. And I swear she was an angel sent down for me and I wouldn't be here today without her. I wouldn't be here today without my parents. So 
I just want to let everyone know, like rely. It's okay to rely for help from people. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, listen, like I can't fight this battle alone. Mm-hmm. And just, just recognize who those people are that you know is going to be there for you. That's the first thing I would say. And number two is um, not every day is going to be perfect. But once again, like I was saying before, if you can find one positive thing out of that day, it's going to help you push yourself forward. It's going to help you keep going. It's going to help you say, listen, I'm done letting cancer continue to define me. And I'm going to be victorious instead of the victim in this situation. Wow. And um, I I mean, I know for a fact that like... um, a positive mindset will, will do miracles because I'm not supposed to be here. And I'll tell you that I know for a fact, and I've, I've talked to other people who had 30 days left to live and they're still here. I've had people, I mean, like I, their stories are unbelievable and it all comes down to one thing, a positive mindset with imperfect action saying, I'm just going to try one little thing every day. That's it. Yeah. That's, it. That's all you can do. That's so. Yeah, I was going to say, that kind of answers my question about how to stay positive in tough times. But also people that are like, I mean, I imagine when you're told your prognosis is not good, right? Mm -hmm. How do you go against all odds and step into this sort of high level of focus determination? I mean, we're talking, I mean, it's, you're saying positive mindset, but being in that moment when all odds are against you, like, how do you even get to that place of positive mindset? Do not hold it all in. That's the number one thing. Huh. Let your emotions go. Just, I'm telling you, so especially men out there, I want to talk to a lot and women too, but mostly you men, when you hold your feelings in, when you hold your struggles, your pain, whatever you're going through in, in life, it's like every day, one extra piece of baggage is lifted on your shoulder every single day. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. But the second you're saying, listen, maybe it's just one person that you care about that you need to talk about this with or whatever. The second you're able to express your vulnerability, express what you're going through and just say, listen, whatever these emotions are feeling right now, I, I will accept them for, you know, what they are, but I will not let them define me. Mm. I will accept them for what they are, but I will not let them define me. Meaning I'll accept my news because I happened. I have cancer, but I will not let it define me. Instead, I will be the better version of this. I will get through this somehow. And yes, it comes down to, once again, faith and support. Those are the two biggest things, faith and support. You, 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 that's, I mean, your environment, your network, I wouldn't be you know, doing this today if it wasn't for me changing my environment after cancer too. I mean, my, my battle after cancer was just as much of a journey as it was during. As hard as it was then, just as hard as it was after, I'm telling you. And wow. um, it's because I said I need to do something bigger with my life, but I couldn't do it unless I got in front of people who had the same mindset and the same vision as me. So just want to let you know, like if you get that unexpected news, you get that challenging news of cancer, just like, I wouldn't say embrace it. I would say like, accept it for what it is, but you cannot, you cannot just hold it in because it's just Mm going to make matters worse. It's okay to talk about it. It's okay to express it. And you're going to feel better about yourself. Yeah. I guarantee you most of the time, how many of you have just had a really good cry one time and you just like, after you're done, you're just like, okay, like mm. I feel better. I mean, yes, it's tough. Yes, this was struggling. Yes, this and that, but you, you relax more. You feel better. You're like, I let it go. Yeah. I let it go. So 
it's the same thing with these news. Like you, you just, please don't, don't just bottle it in. That's all I ask. That's, mm. that's it. Yeah. That's so powerful. Yeah. The emotions need to flow through or they're going to dam up and that's ultimately it. cause disease in, in, you know, in some ways. I, I'm curious about that. Um, I, I put out a, a Instagram and a Facebook post every day with like a positive quote and I also Love send that. out like this, these emails every day, they're positive quotes. And it's yeah. interesting we're talking right now. I, I had uh, some pushback on recently on a, an intention that I had set and put out there. It kind of came through the spirit. I put it out and then I got a yeah. few people going, well, that's not always true. And I'm just curious your perspective on this. Um, I love this. You ready? I think I'm going to be able to help you with this part, but keep going. Okay, yeah. cool. I don't have the quote in front of me because this is just coming through as we're talking. But yeah. ultimately, the gist of what was coming through and I was putting out there was, um, you know, all forms of dis-ease that show up in our body are at some level connected to, um, you know, thoughts or uh, negativity or some sort of piece mm -hmm. like that. I'm curious your thoughts on that. On the quote or on the negative energy that people are giving you? What's that? On the, the quote that you put out yes. or the negative energy that, or the feedback people are giving you? On the quote itself, they... the, the concept that like when you, um, yeah, disease manifests in the body due to, you know, our thinking that's kind of at some level caused the disease in the first place. Yeah. Thoughts? So, <laughs> yeah, I think that... Um, hundred percent, man. Like, I, I think that like, okay. Are you saying like, you think that it just kind of, it can manifest? Like, I kind of want to hear a little bit more about it. I'm interested. Like, yeah. I want to like understand so I can put my real input on it. So give yeah. me a little bit more. Sure. Well, yeah. Just the, the idea that, um, dis-ease in the physical body, right? Okay. Um, any dis-ease in the body when the body's not in like this harmonious, harmonious state, right? Yeah. At some level, at some point, perhaps uh, a thought was triggered that like caused inflammation in the body and had it build yes, up to the okay. point, you know what I mean? Like stress or anxiety. 100%. I yeah. think we're going to find out that I'm not saying there is cancer that is genetic. There's cancer that is hereditary. There's cancer that not necessarily has that cause, but I, I can almost guarantee, and I, it could have been me too. Truthfully, it could have been me that stress, anxiety, mental health issues, everything, not taking care of your mental health, can cause extreme damages such as cancer can cause, it will definitely cause heart issues. It will definitely cause like, oh, I a hundred percent agree with that because your body is, I, it's impossible to understand. And, and like, I'm telling you, like when you're constantly feeding negative emotions, what do you think that's doing to your body? It's damaging it. It's mm -hmm. damaging the nerves. It's damaging the, the the cells. It's damaging everything. Everything's out of a line. When mm -hmm. things are out of a line, that's how cancer kind of forms. I think like it comes down, I mean, not all of it, but some of it has to do with like blood cells and, and you know, disformation of, of certain things in your body and it causes tumors or it causes things like that. And at the end of the day, it's like some of that could be caused from stress. Some of that, I mean, I went through a ton I went through like a year and a half worth of anxiety and straight anxiety, like panic attacks, you name it, like mm -hmm. wake up every day. And I have anxiety kind of feel. Was this pre-cancer pre or during right cancer? Right, literally like a year before cancer. And then I also was in like a really ugly relationship that before I met Lauren that I was in that um, total stress. It was like stress after stress after stress. And then eventually I seriously think I, I got cancer like a few months later. Wow. And, and I don't, I don't know if it was from that or not, but right. you know, um, but at the end of the day, I can tell you this, like, yeah, your body 
is 100% correlated with the thoughts that you bring. Okay. So, I mean, look at this. You see the oldest, the pe- some of the oldest people in the world are, are monks, like people who train their mind every single day. I'm not saying go out and be a monk and just pray and meditate <laughs> every single day. I'm not saying you have to go that crazy, but I'm saying right. you look at those people and a high majority of them have, you look at the oldest people and the people who live the longest is generally the monks. And that's because they've taken the time to, to discover themselves and, and, and really dig deep in their, in their inner lives. And, um, I think it's, it's only getting more powerful, like literally mindset, mental health, um, you know, energy, emotions is these next, this is what this next decade is about 2020 to to 2030 is all about this. And we've already seen it with COVID the amount of depression and, and suicide rates and everything that has skyrocketed because of this is, is sad. It's really sad. And, um, I agree with you, man, on that. I hundred percent agree with you on it. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, my thoughts. No, I really appreciate you diving into that because it's um, and I, I'm getting to as we're talking about it. There's different, you know, um, lenses and levels of reality to see it as well, right? Like, I mean, mindset is part mm-hmm. of it, but you know, somebody that was, uh, there was somebody recently that was telling me their cancer diagnosis was caused by something that happened early on, like, and and it just kind of triggered again mm-hmm. now in their later life. And so on that level of reality, yeah, that might be literally what happened. But I get curious yeah. about, well, what emotionally is taking place to trigger that back in at this time in your life? Like, I'm, I'm curious, you know, I, I don't have the answers, yeah. <laughs> but there's got to be some. Nobody does. Like, I mean, yeah, because everyone has their own life. You know, we can't we, we see somebody and they might look so happy all the time and all this. And then as soon as you don't see them off of a camera or like off of their celebrity or whatever they are. Yeah they can have the most difficult, challenging, mental, emotional, physical life they've ever had. You just don't even know. Like, let's put it this way. Nobody knew the guy from Black Panther, Chad Boswick, I believe his name, had cancer and he died. The second he died, everyone was like, oh my God, how did he die? And then he's like, he had cancer. Nobody knew that. Everyone was like, when's his next movie coming out? Right. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, nobody knows what anyone's going through it. So it's like, yeah. at the end of the day, we, life will be always be a mystery in some way, but, um, I believe with what you're saying and, 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 and to kind of extend that to the maybe negative criticism that you're having. Yeah. I don't know if you had a tough time dealing with it or not. Oh my but goodness. Anybody who, of course yeah, I did. <laughs> me too. All the time. Right. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. yeah. And this is what I would say to it. This is what started to really, really help me. Uh-huh. Number one is, is your intentions pure? Is your intentions good? Look into yourself first. Yes. Is my intention in this post something to help others? Am I truly just trying to help others? And if it is, then you have to stay laser focused on what you want. You cannot, this is a big thing. You can't get too high in the highs and you can't get too low in the lows. So if somebody's out there praising you and saying, you're amazing and all yes. this. Then I'm you become a, a freak of the ego at that point. <laughs> and guess what? The second somebody, exactly. The second somebody goes down to criticize you, yeah, it's like, I don't care if I got a million of them. That one person's going to let me control my day, my week, my month. So you need to stay laser focused and say, is my intention with what I'm doing to help other people? Wow. And at the end of the day, no one, not everyone's going to agree with me. I don't care how positive I am. I don't care how <laughs> loving and caring I am. There's always going to be somebody out there that's going to want to bring you down. There is. I don't care who it is. Yeah. And um, you have to be strong enough to say, listen, I know me better. You know, I'm not going to let somebody else dictate my direction or my happiness. And like, that doesn't even know me most of the time. The fact that they had to go and spend time out of their day to create a negative post is more about them than it does about you. Yeah. It moves me into a space of compassion and and bless them and on the journey, Mm -hmm. really. 
Um, interesting. There's a couple more things coming up as we're talking. You've talked yeah. a lot about faith in our conversation and uh, your your relationship with God. And, you know, I'm curious about that. Just what's your relationship with God about? What's that like? And how did you, yeah. how did you cultivate that to a place where you really, I mean, ultimately co-created your healing with, with God? Yeah. I'm going to tell you this right now. Like I have a very unique relationship because I'm not the type of kid who can go out and know all the Bible verses and stuff like that. Like if you're like, yeah. Hey Matt, what's, you know, X, Y, and Z, I won't know it, but yeah. I will tell you every single day in my journey, I pray and I rely on his guidance to push me forward. So when I have a very scary thing that I know I need to go do, mm -hmm. I take a deep breath. I pray and I say, God, whatever happens here, just give me the courage to keep pushing forward mm -hmm. every day. Just keep giving me the courage to push me forward. And um, my mother was big into faith always as a kid. So she'd always bring me to church and stuff. But then I, you know, come college, I, I, I was kind of, I was in and out. I would go to church sometimes not. And then after college, um, I was like, wasn't really going to church as much, but I knew like I wanted something bigger with my life and I didn't know what it was. And I would still kind of rely on God, but not to that extent. And then all of a sudden cancer happened. And, and the fact of these like crazy scenarios of, you know, Lauren coming into my life and me learning from this experience and growing from this experience and relearning to live my entire life again, you know, from, by the way, I was 110 pounds coming out of that hospital. So I went from 190 to 110 pounds and I had to relearn to live my emotional, physical and mental life all over again. And it wasn't just a journey on my own. I mean, it was God, it was, it was my family, it was everybody. So, um, and that took two years. I didn't do I did not, I wasn't able to help anybody except for myself for those two years. And that's a big thing. I, I know for a fact, whatever you're going through in life, you have to take care of yourself first before you can impact anybody else. Yes. You have to take care of yourself first because at the end of the day, nobody is going to be able to relate or to be able to, you know, you know, kind of gravitate towards you if you can't give back with, with, with what you've learned and with mm -hmm. what you've experienced. So, mm -hmm. um, it was me taking care of myself and really relying on God to just give me the steps um, to keep pushing myself forward, even in the darkest times and even in the most difficult times. So, wow. um, yeah, I can't. And, and the cool part is, is it's like people are just coming into my life for reasons I can't explain. Um, I don't question it anymore. I just don't. <laughs> I don't question any of it anymore. So, yeah. um, and, and you know what, like for anybody out there, whatever your faith is, you need to be strong with it. I'm telling you, it's gonna it's gonna help you in so many ways. Yeah, what's really fascinating is. me about your story is like I, I get the sense that God, whatever God is to you or to anybody, mm -hmm. um, it was not. It's not like, or maybe it is, but I, I sense it's not just a conversation going on in your head. It's like the right people showing up at the right times, or a miracle taking place where you're going into remission when it's unexpected. Like it's like the signs are kind of confirmations that that relationship is in place is that is that correct or am i putting words in your so mouth so true i mean yeah it's great you're gonna you might think i'm crazy but i'm actually grateful for everything i went through truly wow. grateful and the reason i can say that is because i wouldn't i wouldn't have been able to start this facebook group i just did with cancer you know ungadults impacted by cancer i wouldn't be able to be a motivational speaker i wouldn't be on this podcast today i wouldn't have met the incredible people in my life i still wouldn't even be with lauren i can almost guarantee it we were not in a good position. We were kind of in like a rough patch where we were like both like, uh, is this going to work out? Is this not? And then <laughs> cancer brought us like, okay, we're in this, like we made this commitment and she never gave up on me. And, um, you know, now we're most likely going to be getting married within the next year and a half to wow. two years. You know, I mean, we've already started looking at rings together and stuff. And, um, That's exciting. it's been a great, I, I, 
God has done so many amazing things for me. And I, that's what I truly believe. I believe it's him. I don't believe it's just some random coincidence. I don't believe in luck. I believe in, um, I mean, I think there's a luck in a sense, but I truly believe it's, it's God putting the opportunities when you are willing to put yourself out there. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. This is how I look at it. God will give you the opportunities, but it's your obligation to take action on them. It's your obligation. He's not going to do things for you. He's not just going to magically make things happen. Mm-hmm. You have to be the person to say, listen, I have this opportunity in my life. And I can go the I can go the difficult road, but with a positive and outlooking destination, or I can just take the easy road and probably live a mediocre life where I look back on and say a lot of things that I regret. Wow, yeah, it's really up to us, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Decisions. Um, okay, well, I, I just before we wrap here, I, there's a couple things yeah. I want to make sure people are aware of. Is you just mentioned it the the Facebook community you just started? Can you share a bit about that? Absolutely, I started it. Um, five days ago, actually, and we already have over a hundred members. It's absolutely incredible. Like I, it's been weighing on my heart lately. I, you want to talk about something scary. Like I had so much self-doubt doing this. So I was like afraid. I didn't think I could handle this, any of this. And what it is, is it's a young adult, but it's not just young adults. I, I, I post it as a young adult, but it's also, I mean, we have some people who are forties, fifties in there and, and they're just incredible. It's really for individuals who've been impacted by cancer, whether you're currently going through it, you're a cancer survivor or you're a loved one impacted by cancer. And my whole entire goal is to get you out of whatever current situation you're in, just feeling stuck, feeling uncertain, feeling unclear. You know, for me, when I was out of cancer, I knew I wanted to do something bigger with my life because I had this crazy experience that I just was able to overcome, but I didn't know the direction. I didn't know the path. So Mm. I am literally building this group to give you the direction, to give you the path, to give you the clarity, to live a more purposeful and impactful life. You know, whether you want to go out and share your story, whether you just want to be a better parent for your kids, whether you just want to be a better person for yourself, I'm here to help you because at the end of the day, cancer can do one of two things. It can either define you or it can make you grow. Those are the two things it can let you do. And and I don't want to be that person that lets cancer define so many people. Wow. And, um, you know, that's, that's my whole objective in life. You know, I, I really feel strongly about one day building an organization where I have retreats and, um, you know, I'm on stages with, you know, thousands and thousands of people just working through God's message for me and, um, being able to give back and, um, you know, yeah. And, and one thing I would say too is, um, you know, uh, for me, like I, I as much as I want to help people, I want to build a legacy for my family too. You know, I want to create wealth and I want to impact people, you know, just because I want to make money doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. Like I want to make a lot of money while impacting a lot of people. And mm-hmm. I think everybody can do that. It's just, are you willing to sacrifice certain things in your life to do that? Or if it's not a part of it, you know, like I'm content with doing X, Y, and Z then it's just being better in that area. But right. oh, that's wow. just kind of my mission right now. I got to have you back on the podcast for that topic alone because uh, <laughs> that's opening yeah. up a whole Pandora's box about- Oh, it is. Trust me. Uh, yeah. About intention and why we do things and our purpose. And oh mm. my goodness. Um, I, Just back to the Facebook group for a minute. Just currently, yeah. I know it's only five days old, but what can people expect when they're there? Like what? what's it? Is it- called? 100%. Yeah. Every single day you're going to get something from me. Um, I at least once or twice a week will go live I'm doing some type of training. So like this week, I'm going to be helping anybody 
who um, is having anxiety of either the cancer coming back or if they're going through cancer, having reoccurring health problems, I'm going to help them tackle those mental health issues so that they aren't letting it take control of their their day or their week or their month coming up to scans or coming up to things or I'm going to, you know, moving forward, I bring on like yesterday, I just, I just brought on a stage four um, prostate cancer survivor who had 30 days left to live. He shared his story, shared his message um, and shared how him and his wife, who's currently going through breast cancer, um, has made a massive impact on the cancer community. So we just, I bring on guests, I do trainings. I also, you know, just post in the group in general. So you are going to get, the big thing about this is it's not just, it's not just a family where we can just talk and things. That's great. That's awesome. There are a lot of them out there, but I'm here to give you actionable steps to go out and change your life, to truly make a difference in your life. Wow. That's what my goal is. That's really been, in my mind, a real part of your journey is that one step at a time and and helping now people as well take those steps towards healing and and their life purpose. It's it's incredible the work you're doing. Um, Appreciate that. Yeah. Just before we wrap, I just have to say thank you for sharing so openly. Um, I I just really get the sense of your vulnerability, your truth, your directness. Uh, It's like talking to a one of God's angels that has decided to stick around on the planet to, at this time, to help us evolve. And uh, you being here is just making our planet such an amazing place to be. So thank you for for sharing all this wisdom. And I, I want to direct people to your website too. Um, it's mattodiespeaks.com. We'll put it in the show notes as well, but mattodiespeaks.com. Great video there as well. So you can see that he's also a ginger like me. <laughs> I yeah, love that we have we're that like brothers. I love it. We got like the same. It's like strawberry blondish a little I know, bit. Right? I can't really tell. Like for me, at least it is. So yeah, I love it. It's great. It's, uh, we got to get Ed Sheeran thanks, next man. time on this show. Oh, <laughs> well. The three of us. Dream. I want to. I want to get Ed Sheeran, and that that would be my dream. That'd yeah. be cool. I'm in. Absolutely. All right. Oh, well, man. Matt, thank you again for for joining us here on thank Let's you. Connect. Yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And I hope I helped your audience in some way or form. So thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. Well, that concludes another episode of Let's Connect. And I hope that it's inspired you as much as it has me. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember to subscribe to both the YouTube channel and the podcast channel. And I look forward to you joining me on the next episode of Let's Connect.